Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. From the Gert Boyle studio at OPB, this is Think Out Loud. I'm Dave Miller. Earlier this summer, when Governor Tina Kotek signed a $90 million climate package into law, Oregon became the fourth state in the nation to require building performance standards for larger commercial buildings. The basic idea is to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions that come from these buildings. The Oregon Department of Energy will oversee the program that will be phased in starting in 2028. Freelance journalist Erica Bolstad has written about these standards and joins us now. Welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Why is it that many cities and now a handful of states, including Oregon, have been focused on the carbon emissions of buildings? So it's kind of it's it's on the one hand kind of low hanging fruit, but also a big piece of the pie to kind of mix my metaphors a little bit there. Um, there's an estimated maybe 30 percent of emissions, greenhouse gas emissions nationwide come from buildings, whether it's homes or commercial properties or multifamily properties big box stores, et cetera. And in the Portland area alone, maybe half of emissions are from buildings. And so if you start to think about the numbers and if you're a state like Oregon that has a real priority about around um, reducing greenhouse gas emissions, it's a, pie, a piece of pie, a low-hanging fruit, whatever you want to call it, that is you know readily accessible and easily measurable and manageable to start to work on. How big might the carbon footprint of, I don't know, a shopping mall or a, a large office building be? So I am not great at sort of that building engineer math, um, but I think if you look at them collectively, so if you look at like a city or you look at like a shopping center with a lot of big buildings, you can start to sort of see how those that big square footage might have an impact on a community. It might be a way of addressing uh, greenhouse gases. And if you think about like, I think there's an estimated maybe like five to seven percent that this could reduce our greenhouse gas emissions over the next 12 years or so. What does Oregon's new law require of larger commercial buildings? So the big ones are going to be the ones that have to do this first. And that will be buildings over 20 or excuse me, 200,000 square feet. And so that is those are big buildings like a Walmart is like maybe 175,000 square feet or a, a Target or a big, um, you know, a big box store of some sort. And so those big buildings. And if you think about the U.S. Bancor Tower in downtown Portland, that's about 1.2 million square feet. Big pink. So yeah, big pink. Yeah. So those are big buildings, big structures that are, um, you know, they're the first in line to have to do this. And and then over time, smaller buildings, smaller commercial properties throughout Oregon will have to comply with what starts out with reporting. They just have to measure at first how much greenhouse gas emissions they are you know, emitting and also their energy use as well. And then what sorts of upgrades or improvements or retrogrades might building owners put in to reduce their energy use? I mean, what could this actually mean? So this is could be pretty simple as much as like uh, changing the kind of lighting that a building has. That's a really um, easy fix in a lot of places. It could be improving like windows. It could be improving the efficiency of the heating and cooling system in a building. 
And then another um, consideration is is like software that actually manages some of those things that looks at energy use and um, you know maybe changes when the lights come on or when the air conditioning comes on when people are in or out of the building. I should note that the standards don't apply to parking garages, schools, dorms, hospitals, university buildings, and, and some others. So there, there are carve-outs here. We're, we're really talking here about commercial buildings. The owners of smaller commercial buildings won't have to reduce their carbon footprints, at, at least not yet. But many of them will have to do what are essentially energy audits. What does that mean? And what's the idea behind that? So you can't really fix a problem until you measure it, right? Um, so Portland has actually been measuring a lot of commercial properties for the last, I think, about five or six years. And they might start measuring multifamily residential properties, too. So they're measuring their energy use. They're measuring their greenhouse gas emissions. And a lot of this is a voluntary um, compliance program right now. So there are incentives in the law. And it takes you know it takes effect over a number of years um, really the the smallest buildings don't have to to do it until 2030 and those are buildings that are over 35,000 square feet and so there's a lot of time to work on these changes and if you measure it at first then you know what you have to do and you have a benchmark is what they call it to to you know improve from you have something that you can say here is the level that we started at and and here is where we need to go is the thinking and it, i mean has this been borne out that even if there isn't a mandate to lower your carbon footprint that that if you're required to chart it or you just chart it yourself that you're more likely to actually reduce it even if you don't have to? Yeah, I think so. I think that that is probably an intent behind the law. I mean, there there are good reasons, really good reasons that building owners and, you know, big property owners and management companies might want to do this that um, are beyond just the kindness of their heart or, or, or caring about climate change. I mean, this is something that could save them a lot of money in a lot of places. You know, this is, this is something that could reduce the cost of operating buildings. So it reduces the rent that they have to charge. So there's a lot of sort of knock-on effects from, from this. And it also makes the indoor air quality inside of buildings a lot better, which is a net benefit for a lot of people. You know, a lot of uh, most of us spend about 90% of our day in a building. So if you work in a building or live in a building that is, um, you know, efficient and um, has cleaner air, then, you know, your health is better and your energy bills are lower. What kinds of responses have there been from property developers or commercial building owners in the cities and states that have already implemented these kinds of standards? Well, as you can see, the states that are doing this already are states that are are committed to you know climate action plans um, that like are Washington, committed. California, yeah. Colorado, Oregon, right. yeah, Maryland, yeah, and so these are places that have already decided that um, that addressing climate change is a huge priority, and and so you know those are places that have decided this, that have decided that they want to go in that direction. And um, so I think that that says something about, you know, where this is happening. So the objections have been around, um, you know, they're coming from developers, they're coming sometimes from um, housing um, and building homeowners, or I'm sorry, homeowners, builder, home building associations, um, and some construction um, interests. But, um, 
the you know, and the, there are some places where uh, in Washington D.C. and Seattle, for example, there's been an effort to slow down the rollout of this because some commercial property owners are concerned that it could be a burden on them when they're dealing with a glut of commercial property on the market right now. Which is a, a case in Oregon and, and nationwide. So I, I ask, I'm actually, I'm, it's it's interesting you noted that. So that. Are you expecting that in Oregon as well, where, you know, for example, Willamette Week just a couple of weeks ago had a, a, a cover story um, all about the the gigantic issues that, that are facing us now and could get even worse in terms of, of unused office space. Could that affect the rollout of this plan? I think it'll be interesting to see if it does and, and if there is some pushback in the rulemaking process in Oregon this year. You know, but the, the flip side of that is that buildings that do this are often way more attractive to tenants. So they're able to command higher rents. You know, there's a lot of companies that want to be in a building where, they're, um, where their employees have better air quality or where they're not paying as much for their energy costs or maybe even ideological they believe that they should be in a building and that their business mission or purpose is, you know, aligns with um, reducing greenhouse gas emissions. What's the connection between Oregon's new law that we're, and we're talking about one big, you know, set of provisions from that and federal money from the infrastructure bill and the Inflation Reduction Act? Yeah. So the the this bill that passed the 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 building standards. Um, is part of a bigger package of climate resilience action that the state is going to be taking over the next decade or so. And so the idea is that you pass these things, these standards here in Oregon, so that you can access some of the Inflation Reduction Act money, some of the other federal money that will be coming down. The ratios, I think I've seen something like, um, it's like you know an, a $90 million investment in Oregon that pulls down billions of dollars in potentially in, in federal investment. So you know, states that consider climate a priority have made it a priority to pass some of this kind of legislation. Erica, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Erica Bolstead is a Portland-based freelance journalist and author. She joined us to talk about Oregon's new building performance standards for medium-sized and larger commercial buildings. If you tune in to Think Out Loud because you love learning about what's happening in our region, you'll love listening to The Evergreen. This weekly podcast paints an audio portrait of the Pacific Northwest through the stories of the people who live here. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts.